Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Yes Law, a lyrical dive into Anderson Pack's discography. Today we'll be looking at the sixth song off his second studio album, Malibu. The song is Am I Wrong? The song features um, Schoolboy Q, and this is the first collaboration between the two, although Anderson Pack had two features on his album that came out later that year, um, the Blank Face LP. He was on um, Torch and the title track, Blank Face. Well, actually, it technically would be uh, the following year, because even though the album Malibu dropped in 2016, uh, the song actually was the second single off the album, which dropped on November 9th of 2015, a day after the season Carry Me. Uh, it was produced by Pomo, who went on to do some more work with Anderson, as well as with Mac Miller. He actually produced Dang. Um, and there's also additional vocals by Omarion and horns by Brass Tracks and trumpet being played by Emil Martinez. And that's all I really have to say before getting into the song. So let's just jump right into it. So the song starts with a brief intro. Why lie? Why lie? Yeah. So Anderson doesn't really see the value in lying. So he's just gonna say what he has to say and be real with it um and how this this actually kind of relates to the song because he doesn't there's no value in lying but there's value in something else what is this something else tune in after the commercial break to find out <laughs> nah i ain't gonna be nobody's gonna want to sponsor this i'm not like this isn't really a professional thing. I'm recording this on my freaking iPhone, and I'm using a laptop. I currently have four tabs open, but I'm probably going to be opening more as I go through the annotations because there are some links I did add in. But, yeah. But the point is, he doesn't see the value in lying, and but he does actually see a value in something else that the whole song is all about. So right after this, we get the first verse, which is performed by Anderson. And he said, I'm only coming out to play. Nothing more that I hate in this life. The wrong impression. I only have one to make. And this is actually one of those examples where I'm about to open up a new tab. I'm opening up right now his, um, like, Anderson's actual genius annotation of Am I Wrong? He did this a lot for Malibu, and I actually read his annotations from the previous episodes. I don't, like, rely on Genius annotations to create create episodes. I, I look at them, but, like, if I find something better, which I have a lot. In fact, he actually proved uh, a lot of the annotations wrong on this one. Like, they automatically assumed it was just about a girl when really there was more to it than that. And... I've had a lot of experiences in which I've called BS on Genius and just went with my own thing. But what Anderson said with these first three lines is, While we're here on this dance floor, you only got one shot to make a good impression. So we're here, living for the moment. We're going to take advantage of these moments. So he only has one shot to make a good first impression, and he can't really screw it up if... You are talking to a girl, you can't really make a bad first impression or else you can ruin your chances of getting with her. And in a similar case that Anderson's been going through and has talked about um, throughout the album is he had to make a good impression for Dre and the whole world in order to become successful after his features on Compton. Like, Venice, that was like 
Like, he had a, some, some relatively small fan base after that. But after Compton dropped, peop, it was all ears. And, like, this is honestly kind of what it is for the solo album, the solo career. Like, this is his one shot. And if he screws it up, then he is going to fade into obscurity. And he's never going to have a podcast made about him. That would suck. So he continues, you can open your palm waiting to catch a break. So you have a choice as to have how to live your life, especially if things aren't really too, going too good for you, like things happen for Anderson in the past. You can either sit down open-handed and just hope that things get better and that everything will come to you, or you can actually work for it. And we know that Anderson worked his ass off to get big. So... The next lines are, the cards will fall where they may, and what about me? I believe in fate. And he actually did have something to say about these lines too. There's a time where I thought, I, because I was talented and handsome, that everything would just come to me. I wouldn't have to develop a work ethic, and I could just chill, and things would just fall onto my lap. That wasn't the case took a while for things to really register and for me to get some recognition from my art. Now I'm more on the side of the universe, got a plan for me, and the more I'm prepared, the better I can execute in these opportunities that the universe is sending to me. When I'm not prepared, it can get a little haywire and I can go different ways. Not to say I won't find where I'm supposed to be, but it can take a little longer. I believe in fate. So he can't really control his life. God has a plan for him. And he just basically goes with the flow. With his hands of cards, he is choosing how to play them. With what he's giving in his life and what he is made to do, he is choosing how he's going to execute his life. And the verse concludes with, They want to know where I'll be in five, huh? What about today? What about tonight? And what Anderson had to say about this line, I always get that question. It's like, well, what about right now? I really just want to just take advantage of what I'm doing right now. A lot of people are preoccupied with what's going to happen in five, ten years, or even next week. They miss things that come up right in front of their face. So everybody wants to know about the future, about what will happen in five years from now, and what how things will be different then. Anderson only cares about the present because that's where he is living. He is living in the now. So it's been about five years since the song dropped and his popularity has all pretty much increased. Um, he's collaborated with the likes of Kendrick. Well, like outside of like the Dr. Dre connection, he's connected with the likes of Kendrick Lamar, um, Snoop Dogg. He was just on Eminem's album, um, Freddie Gibbs, all those different types of people. And yeah, but he doesn't care about what it's going to probably look like in five years. He just wants to know what's going to happen now, what's going to come of today. So after this, we get a refrain, only one at a time. So precious, it's yours, it's mine. Only one at a time, my life, my life, yeah. 
Anderson, like, okay, before I, like, get into, like, uh, notations and stuff, Anderson Pack, like, the way he makes music, it's, like, just so catchy, like, when you're reading lyrics instead of, like, actually listening to the song, the groove just gets in your head, it's just, I love this guy, um, but he actually did have to say something about this, which is mostly about the theme of the song, uh, this is about Carpe Diem, he says, Seizing the day, being appreciative of the time you have, and knowing that your time is very valuable. Please don't waste my time. Time is one of the most valuable things I have. I have to take advantage of it. I have to know my worth and the value of my time. I just can't give a damn. So Anderson is saying that life should be experienced one by one. Take it slow to get the full experience. You can do a lot with time. You can spend it, use it, waste it, embrace it. You can do a lot. And he's leaning more towards the side of embracing life. And honestly, I don't blame him because that is actually, my opinion, a really good way to live life. And I don't want my time really wasted. I want, like, I want every second to count. So after this, we get into the chorus. Am I wrong to assume if she can't dance, then she can't ooh? Am I wrong to say if she can't dance, then she can't ooh? So dancers are generally better in the bedroom. So if she can't dance, it's not going to be the fun of a time as if she can dance. Now, was he probably thinking of this when he wrote these lines? Honestly, he... Honestly, probably... Like, not even probably. Like, he definitely had that in his mind. But... This isn't what he, like, actually meant by saying that. So, he did um, say something on the Genius page. He said, I have to uh, be able to see things before they happen because I can't afford to spend years, months, days, weeks, minutes, hours, seconds, whatever. I'm wasted time. It's going to go nowhere. So, that's where that's at. But if I do see the value in it, then we're going to have the most fun. And let me know if I'm wrong to assume that. I... He's not wrong. He is... I. It's completely understandable why he assumes that. And honestly, I kind of agree with the sentiment. So, if Anderson is not going to be able to vibe or have fun with what he's doing, then what's the point of keeping up with something that's not interesting? All it is is a waste of time, and it's pointless to waste time. So after this, we get into the bridge. He says, Hey, I never want to waste your time, my life, so precious is yours is mine. And look at the time, my God, so precious is yours is mine. So he did have a genius annotation, but it's literally identical to the refrain annotation, so I'm not going to reread it. Like, y'all can just rewind, like, however long ago. I talked about that if you really want to rehear it so you can go into the bridge with that mindset. But he's talking to a girl and says that he would never waste her time as he sees the value in both his and her time. And yeah, it's basically the same meaning that the refrain has. And speaking of the refrain, that's actually what comes up next. So what I'm about to do is actually something that's never been done before in the history of Yes Lot. I'm making history today. So... He has done, had features on his albums before. Sir was on already, and BJ, the Chicago Kid, was on The Waters. But BJ's contribution to The Waters was just a quick chorus, and Sir on already was an outro with the same two lines repeated four times. But this is the first time that he has ever put a guest verse on his album 
And his name is Schoolboy Q. So this is the first time I will ever be analyzing lyrically a guest verse, a feature verse by any artist other than Anderson Pack. I obviously talked about the chorus and uh, the water and the outro of already, but this like this is the only time. Well, first time, obviously more features on the album, but this is the first time I will be talking about a verse that doesn't belong to Anderson Pack. Now, before I go into Q's verse, uh, Anderson actually did have some say about Q's verse in the recording process. I actually didn't expect him to even want to get on the record. I was working with him on his project, having a blast in the studio. I played him some of my album. I actually had another record that I thought would have been good would have been good on actually didn't make the cut maybe for the next one he heard am i wrong and was like i love this one i gotta get on this he did the verse and then it back that night i told pomo the producer that i thought we could do a little something with the production to fit his verse a little better sent back the arrangement where he dropped it to halftime in groove and i thought it was so perfect it made his verse that much better and actually before we get into the verse i know i'm kind of like stalling i've been recording for almost two minutes now for Q's verse, but there's actually another interesting thing that I did find online. So in 2014, so before this song, uh, consequenceofsound.net did a study on cursing and hip hop. And now I personally would say number he'd be number five instead of number seven because Ghetto Boys and NWA makes. This lesson right below them are Scarface and Dr. Dre. So we'll call him the fifth most profane rapper, even though according to this chart, it's seventh. But number one is Ghetto Boys, and number two is Scarface on here. And Scarface was obviously part of Ghetto Boys. And number four is NWA, number five is Dr. Dre. Um, but Dre was in NWA. And then obviously Juvenile, number three, Tupac, number six, and Q, number seven. And he averages about 28.56 um, cuss words per song. There is not a single swear in this verse or the entirety of the song at all, which I found interesting. Although, to be fair, I do kind of question the validity of this list because Tupac is on there with 28.86 swears per song. And he doesn't... Um, there are quite a few songs I could name off the top of my head where he doesn't say any swear words all right so let's quit talking about swearing and recording and stuff like that and let's talk about i don't know the actual freaking verse which begins with smiles around the clock dance around the globe six disco 54 so q is just describing the setting of his verse smiles around the clock and dance around the globe describe the vibe that studio 54 is giving off studio 54 a popular nightclub in the 70s and 80s I stare at you in the eyes and spin you on your toes. So Q staring her in the eyes. That's the Carpe Diem theme of the song as he's in the moment as he is doing this with her. Music ain't music without soul. So if you don't have a passion for music, then why make it in the first place? All you're doing is wasting your time. Feel, feel in the top row. Shut the blindfolds. Pass the nitro. Rock the love boat. Get higher, get low. Chill the melt. Merlot, low, steady or fast power, you pick up, we go low. So always describing is slow stuff. He wants he's spending time with the girl, he wants to take full advantage of all the time they have together, even just for a short bit. He wants to like spend as much time 
as possible with her and that's basically how you can do it make love once or more rest and on course they're gonna make love and rest and then do it again when she's back in the mood for it this rear hq taking advantage of his time with her by doing the fun stuff multiple times which means spending more time with you do do that 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 hey hey break you off in your kid kit hat cat hey so the first bar is a reference to a Q-tips line on a Tribe Called Quest's award tour. What he's saying is these in these two bars is that she will be satisfied with the experience that they have together with all the time they are gonna have together. Never seen a one in score just pay a whole damn mortgage. So this could have two means he could be feeling such a connection to her that he's willing to pay off her house. He could also be referring to the him throwing so much money at her with and she'll be able to pay it off the average mortgage payment in the u.s is twenty-two thousand two hundred sixty-one dollars so either way this is a lot of money we look at the time hey still you the one on my mind hey still you on the top of my rhyme hey so they've been spending quite some time together since it first began and he's been using this time wisely because with her and because of that they are still here right now St. God's that's Friday. The night lets be the life of a party. So, Friday begins a weekend. So, he has time to do whatever he wants for the next three days. Um, Well, Q can pretty much do it whenever he wants. Well, his boss is top dog. But, like, he doesn't have, like, a oh, 9 to 5 work schedule. Like, he works at his own pace and releases album at his own pace. Like, obviously, like, labels and stuff like that have to help with that. But, like, they can kind of dictate that. But... He basically can do whatever he wants, but, like, he's basically putting himself in this perspective of he is this average guy, but it's Friday, so, like, he can basically, this is a night that he can basically do whatever he wants, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. It's nothing to me, get up and move your feet, ah, so, the time spent together has not been a bother at all to him. And he wants to do more with her and spend more precious time with her. And that's it. That's basically Q's verse. And now we just got to conclude our analysis and we're done. All right. And now it's time for the conclusion. So Am I Wrong deals with Carpe Diem, the concept of embracing the present while paying little attention to the future. Anderson's more general and direct about it, and he uses such things as girls and success as different metaphors and comparisons for it. However, Schoolboy Q displays this through a story in his verse in which he finds a girl in the nightclub and wants to... Make the most out of the time they spend together. And yeah, that is basically all I have to say about the song. And I kind of agree with the Carpe Diem concept. Because like, you kind of want to... You only get one life. uh, So do not really miss any opportunities. And I know damn well that missing an opportunity could cost you a lot. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode of... Yes, a lot. Uh, next, we're actually going to be talking about another guest first. So, uh, I guess we're doing the second in the history of Yes, a lot. Uh, the song Without You with Rhapsody. And, yeah, I'm definitely really um, excited to talk about that. I like Rhapsody. Um, and, yeah, that's basically all I 
have to say. So thank you guys for listening to this album. Uh, well, not this album. Well, I okay. Thank you guys for listening to this album and making yourself a better person by listening to this album because it's such a wonderful album. But thank you guys for listening to this podcast too because it means a lot to me. Um, really means a lot when like people actually notice me. Um, and recognize my existence. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening and I will see y'all next time. Take care guys.